Welcome to Local Joker, where I, where we, everybody, we're about to talk to different local comedians throughout their journey in comedy and see what created this community genius, dissect them a little bit, to have a little bit of shits and giggles, have a good time. Today, our guest has two Showtime specials. He's been killing it in the streets. I've watched a couple of his stuff that's on YouTube from the Lab Factory. It's been killing me. So I know you're going to enjoy this interview. Bruce Jingles. What's up, man? Thank you. Hold your applause. Thank you. <laughs> How are you? Pause for applause. <laughs> uh, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for coming through. I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you and your audience. Oh, yes. Happy New Year. How's the new year for you? Just another day. Right. It just it just rolled on over and continues. One continuous yeah. thing. I like, I like how this illusion everyone has that at midnight on December 31st and at 12.01, everything's going to miraculously change. You know, you know what I mean? This new year, same shit. Oh, can I say right. shit? Yeah, you can say whatever. This is fun, comedy, whatever. Say shit, fuck, damn, whatever. Just have a good time. Shit, fuck, damn. <laughs> yeah. That's my new album coming out. Shit, fuck, damn. <laughs> the concept of time, right, is basically someone's imagination or they just set it up and we all have been living by and controlled by it. But everybody said time is irrelevant. It's just it's basically your imagination. You have all the time in the world, but they want to control it into this 24-hour thing. I hate when they say that time is time is relative because all yeah. my relatives are late. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This is not a COVID cough. This is a weed cough for your listeners. Yeah. But... <laughs> Make that clear because most of the listeners like, one more cough, I'm, I'm tuning out. Because... <laughs> We're wiping down their phones. And, <laughs> right. And, uh, All right. Let's get into this. It's going to be quick. It's going to be light. It's going to be fun. We always got to start off with the introduction question. And that is, what got you into comedy? Oh, it was funny. No. Um, <laughs> I, love, I always loved comedy. Like five years old, I remember listening to my mother's uh, uh, Richard Pryor albums. And, uh, okay. you know, Bicentennial nigger, that nigga's crazy. Uh, controversial titles for a controversial figure, but a controversial Very controversial. That I, that I, that a figure that had to exist for me to exist and other comedians. Um, he, became, he became the voice of our people. He actually literally became the voice of our people. Right. Every black walk of life. So having said that, he had to speak how the people were thinking. You know, they were they were acting mild mannered, but every black person at that time had this rage, had the rage of being suppressed of suppression and oppression. So he then became the voice of our people. So that he is clearly one of the heroes that I came up with. The other hero being Bart from Sheriff Bart from Blazing Saddles, which was the first movie. <laughs> that movie is amazing. Yes. Uh, I know that movie backwards and forwards. That was actually the first movie my parents took me to when I was a kid. Oh, wow. That was four. And, and the second one was The Exorcist, which explains a lot. 
and uh, you know, I could I I I I instantly identify with Bart Bart's character uh-huh. so much so because he was I mean, a black hero who was talking this much shit to white people and getting away with it, right? And when people tried, because Richard Pryor also uh, co-wrote the movie with Mel Brooks and a, and a couple other writers. And uh, the funny part is that Mel wrote the black parts and and uh, Pryor wrote the Jewish parts. And oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot. I know a lot of facts about the movie, so much so that I, um, hopefully one day I'll do a documentary on it because it's a necessary movie. For com- not just not just comedy, but society, uh, your society itself. Yeah. Yes, because because Bart Bart taught me how to act with the quote unquote man, the white man. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why I think that the character, that the actor Cleavon Little, who who played Bart, mm-hmm. was way better than Richard Pryor himself playing that part because it would have been a totally different movie. What yeah. Cleavon uh, Little did was add class to the character. Right. Class so Richard Pryor, he, he has like a certain goofiness to him when he's acting. So he, he mm-hmm. can have that rage, but at the same mm-hmm. time, you look past it because it's funny. Like, so you don't take it as serious because no matter what he does, it has like that goofiness. It comes off on yeah. the screen it, on all his Yeah, stuff. because the bottom line is he has the rage, but the bottom line is he's a goofy guy. Yeah. Now imagine me and that goofy guy growing up where he grew up in a brothel. Your mother, your mother's a whore. Uh-huh. Your, dad, your dad's uh, one of the one of the pimps. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother is running the whores. So there you go. There, right. uh, that creates Richard Pryor. That creates that comedy being Richard Pryor. Um, right. All the makings for great classic gold that he delivered. Because he didn't give a shit, right? Like at the early parts, uh, if you listen to early Richard Pryor, he sounded exactly like Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, so much so that Nipsey Russell was the one that told him, "Hey, man, sound too much like Cosby." Which pissed him off, and he moved to San Francisco and started hanging out with hippies, and then and that's where he found himself. I'm not saying oh, hippies, nice. I'm not saying hippies will help you find yourself. Hippies, <laughs> hippies, hippies smell. <laughs> They're smelly people. Right. <laughs> you don't know where you're gonna find yourself. Right. You never know what what gets you to that point where you become your true self on stage, and that's where all comedians are probably trying to ascend to. Like you start off telling like little random jokes that everybody can relate to without putting your full self into it, and mm, then they're scared. Right. And they haven't truly found that voice, and you find yourself that voice. And you can be yourself on stage, you get more comfortable, your stories are better, the jokes hit harder, because it's more authentic. Yeah. All right, so this happens to everybody, bombing. When when the first time you bombed on stage or died on stage, what did that do for you as a comic? Scared the shit out of me. Uh-huh. Because uh, you, you think instantly, maybe I'm rethinking this. You rethink this. I should have paid attention in school. <laughs> Instead of making people laugh, you know, you think right. all that, <laughs> think all that, and uh, and, and it's, it's amazing how fast the mind can go. That you can have so many single thoughts in an instant, so many different thoughts, and you and you think all those negative thoughts, but you also learn that everybody bombs. If you don't bomb, then there's a problem. In our world, 
if you don't bomb, that means you're still in somebody else's shit. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like Chappelle bomb. So yeah. what's that tell you? Everybody has to bomb. And that helps to develop that voice too. Awesome. That helps you find your you bomb, you know that you're going somewhere, and if you be able to continue to go with it. And you start right. reaching for shit that you wouldn't have necessarily reached if it had been that you know that perfect audience where you just your shit goes boom, 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 rhythmic. But that's what right. comedy is, is rhythm. It's a rhythm. Yeah, it's the ebb and flow, it's the rhythm of it, and develop a cadence, right? You get that going. And if you don't have that one that stops you to let you know not everybody's feeling this, read the room better, something, there's a little change that you have to make on that joke or set, because one joke could kill the whole set, or the whole set just didn't go over right. Mm-hmm. But you have to, you have to have amazing. that moment. It's amazing what little it takes to ruin a joke to a level that you think messes up the joke. Like it, like from the slightest tom in the, in the phrase to mispronouncing something or calling something the wrong thing. A lot of times comics use the same stuff in different areas, but to work in different areas, they have to personalize the area that they're in. Like say, right. if I'm Santa Fe, I'll talk about Indians. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Something that's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the set has to evolve and then you can get into it. I know first couple of times I hit a stage, I said, this is what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about it no matter what and try to go out there and just go, go, go. And I have my pathway for my jokes, but then it doesn't go over well. It's not relatable. They're not feeling you. And you, you, I, I, I said, oh, okay. So now I have to get on stage and let them see a piece of me before I just try to throw all these jokes at them. It's like word salad. I was just throwing it out. And it, <laughs> so oh. it has to happen. What also happens is comics get too damn comfortable. And because one for the most part, comics are lazy. And that's going in. You know what I mean? You're so fucking lazy that that normal job you have, you're saying, fuck that. I just want to work eight to 10, 15 minutes a night. And get paid for an eight hour shift. <laughs> you don't want to take a lunch or nothing. You know, that fit, I'm good for 15. <laughs> <laughs> 20 yeah 20 tops like you said comedians are lazy and it's like your voice right a lot of times people like look at comedians as like a politician sometimes and want to hear what we have to say about certain things like right now political correctness and cancel culture is happening where do you see the climate of comedy going with that like everybody tries to figure out something different on how to change comedy and it, and it, and it temporarily does Council culture thing is going to bite everybody in the end. It's going to bite the people that created it in the end. Because I so. everybody has a dark side or they, everybody fucked up in the past. So the, the people that are pointing the cancel, the cancel, uh, the cancel culture people that are pointing the fingers, like, oh, they did this. Oh, they did that. Well, what about that finger, that sticky finger banged in high school? It's, it's ridiculous. Everybody has, everybody fucked up. Yeah. One way or another, fucked up. It's what they did yeah. after they fucked up. Somebody says, somebody says, nigga, in, in back, back in like 35 years ago. We don't know what made him say that word. Also, you take historical figures that we all grew up with, and now there's another mm-hmm. some of that. Now you're getting rid of statues and everything, with you're eliminating history. 
So you don't learn your history. You got you're doomed to repeat it. Think of them as living examples, or and then that all like eliminating history. Like if you try to take down the statues of those old slave owners or war people, but then at the same time, now they're like, well, then we don't even teach about slavery because we don't have the people that was part of the slavery. Like, and they don't teach slavery in, in right. No, or or if they do teach it, they teach it as a necessary evil. That's what they're doing in Texas. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying to make it seem like it's not as well, bad as it was. You, you know, to, to build this country, right? You know, they're coming out with that. <laughs> you ever notice, like on Schoolhouse Rock, they had America Rock, and you talk about right. the good things about the country. They didn't have like <laughs> slavery, slavery, and then the cartoons. The, <laughs> the fucking depression. We were broke. The depression. We were or civil rights or something. They didn't have those points. So no, <laughs> we're, we're fucked. <laughs> that that would be an awesome schoolhouse rock though. Slavery. They pick cotton. <laughs> <laughs> Count them, <laughs> count them, haystack. One, two, three, haystack. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a miscount. Here comes the cracker. And that's what, and that, there you go. Now, would I get that on? No. Man, that'd be hilarious if that's how Schoolhouse Rock was. First, they tell you about <laughs> passing bills, and then don't forget about slaying. <laughs> that's my nigga over there. His name is Bill. Wait. Watch out, Bill. That don't sit there. Yes, that nigga's no. Bill. That's whites yeah. only. Yeah. He's one third of a man. That's nigga. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. We have a third of right. a man singing it. <laughs> like a couple, like some legs and an arm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a mouth. Because you have right. to have a mouth. You gotta have a mouth to sing. <laughs> and that's his name, Mouth. <laughs> what an F. <laughs> mouth. Mm. All right, <laughs> we're about to get into advice time, right? So, what advice time is? I'm gonna read this letter. There's a letter that has been read before, but it's the first time I'm reading it. It's probably the first time you're hearing it. And we're okay. going to try to dissect it. You're going to give some absolute sound advice or you're going to give some ridiculous, ignorant advice, whatever you want to do. The choice okay. is yours. And uh, we're going to just unpack what's going on in these people's lives in this letter. I'm a 40-year-old and my fiance and I have been together for 12 years. He is the father of my two boys. Recently, he proposed. He said... He was ready to get married. He told me that he's never been in love like this with any other woman. We were in sheer bliss until a month later after he asked me to marry him. A woman called me and told me that she's been dealing with my fiance for 10 years. When I confronted him, he confessed and apologized. He told me that at the time he started the affair, he was feeling low and he was having some issues within himself. I forgave him. Then two months later, I found out about another woman that has been dealing with him as many years as well. I had no idea about his side relationships. He has always been very attentive and present with me and our children. He has suggested couples counseling. I don't really know who this guy is anymore. I'm trying to make it work, but it's painful and it's so hard to work with the past of betrayal, lies and deceit. What do you think I should do? 
I think you should fuck me. You know, you <laughs> like Nick. So, you know, I'll come over. You know, you take the boys, you know, give the boys some money. They can go catch a movie somewhere. You know, that's what boys need to be boys. They need to go hang out. That's go to the movie. I'm going to give them a mask. I'm going to give them each mask. They take care of yourself. And they stay six feet apart from each other at the movie. And I'm mean, we can go fuck. That's my advice. Knock the mama down real quick. Yeah, because mama needs dick. Cause now, now, well, you know, I cheated too, so I guess we're even. <laughs> some people need that to get that off their mind, like off their chest. They need to go ahead and do something, some debauchery, some revenge, just mm. make the other person see how they well, feel. Then they can go to counseling. See, because it's stupid. Like your, your spouse cheats. See, you go out and never get a free pass. You go out and cheat, you know, because. Right, you know, you already got you're invested in this motherfucker, you know, and it's hard to change Bill's names and shit. <laughs> you know, it's hard to remember. <laughs> you know, what I mean, now you, you now now you're paying taxes with this motherfucker. Now you fucking got all you're locked in with all this shit. So you should. So if they fuck around, you go ahead and fuck around. Don't tell them that. Right. Then I'm continue to think. Well, she ain't gonna fuck around with me. What if she did? So that's a mental right. torture. <laughs> yeah, that's mental warfare. Yeah, that way you win. And then and then they're locked in with kids. Like you said, they're, they're paying yeah. taxes. Probably got property. You gained weight. You ain't that cute no more. You're not, you're not as cute as when you first met him or them. <laughs> you two steps down. Just, now. You're just there to be fuckable. Yeah. <laughs> you're just a genitalia. That's all you are, be it a dick or a vagina. That's right. I didn't say pussy, because pussy is nasty. <laughs> the word. <laughs> but yeah, all right. Sound advice, but it's advice nonetheless. And I feel like if she doesn't say anything, who's going to be the wiser? And she'll probably be happier in the relationship. Like she, she has her own little secret, and she knows that he's been doing stuff 10 years at a time. Actually had two women for it 10 years. It sounds like she just needs to be in a relationship. Yeah. Honest, now you want the honest one? It just sounds like yeah. she needs to be just sounds like she needs to be in a relationship. Why don't you spend some time being single and enjoy yourself? Not just I'm not trying to be dirty, but enjoy yourself, enjoy your life. You don't have to be bogged down with nobody. Be independent. Right. Maybe she if she be single for a while. And then right. alone time, you can work out. And you know, that's good yeah, alone then, time working out. <laughs> that's what it is. And it make now that's actually sound like step away from the relationship, be alone for a while. That's sound advice right there. I like uh, it. how many friends do you have that as soon as they're out of as soon as they're out, they break up with somebody, they're already dating somebody. Oh man. I have tons of friends like that. That's because they're fucking around with that person. But mm-hmm. that's stupid. But I know people, they just can't be alone for some strange reason. Like, be alone for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, because you, you're going from one partner's way of thinking to a new partner's way of thinking, you got to set them to that way of thinking that you can do. It's too much work. Too much work. All right, Bruce, we're going to get back into this. Uh, so we got some good questions, some, some retarded questions. We just got some random questions coming up. We're going to get into it. Who do you laugh at? Right. That's the question. Who's making you laugh if they're a local joker or they've seen all renowned all over? Who, My neighbor who's making you laugh? Stupid. 
There you go. My neighbor's down because he's deep dicking this fat chick that lives in that lives in the complex, right? And and they act like nobody knows, but everybody knows about it. How are you gonna sneak in the fat chick's house? You can't. That's funny. Or sneak a fat chick into your house. Yeah, and then <laughs> she's sitting there looking at you climbing the wall like, that's what she's doing. It's like eating snacks, get you a step stool, help you over that fucking fence. God damn it. God damn shit. Yeah, so I laugh at my neighbor. I laugh at Bill Burr. I laugh at, of course, Chappelle, the greatest. I laugh at politics. I don't tell political jokes because everybody's got a fucking opinion. And I want to hear it. Uh, I laugh at my feet because they're ugly. I laugh at a lot of things. This year, I've mostly been sad, but laugh, I laugh and everything. But no, it's a new year, new beginning. All that positive shit that you're not going to give by March, you're going to say, fuck that. Right. Those resolutions out the window. I thought you said she was going to do something different this year. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Bitch, I changed my mind. <laughs> Maybe you can stop hitting me. Stop doing stupid shit. Right. I'm not glorifying that. I'm left-handed this year. (laughs) I'm not glorifying that, but I'm just saying. I understand. That's how the motherfuckers think. Right, exactly. I'm not glorifying it either. It's just funny. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) That's fucking hilarious. Uh, (laughs) But I always, like, my friends, like, my friend asked me, if you saw a dude beating another chick up, would you would you break that up? I go, no. And you know, well, how dare you? Why? I don't know what that bitch did. You know, like, like to warrant that ass whooping. I don't know. She, you know, could right. kidnap that dude's kid. I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like now, uh, now show me some. Now you gotta show me for me to break up that, you gotta show me some data. <laughs> like <laughs> she was just living her life and he just attacked her and they were okay, but like oh, well, what happened? Right, but, but if she sucked his brother's dick, no, she got it coming. She's got, she got at least a two piece. Get it for me. What's it? Here's five bucks. While you hit that, five bucks. You hit that. You got comedy specials. You've done a lot of comedy. Like, is that where it is for you? That's your bread and butter comedy, or when you're off stage, yeah. you're doing other things. Yeah. Well, I am a. A comic book collector, and oh, dope. Uh, I have a huge collection. So, building an online store, I'm selling off my collection. Oh wow! Now, is it what comic? Is it Marvel? Is it DC? Is it Marvel? Uh, some independent. Okay. I have the first. I have the first issue of Spawn signed. Oh, from McFarland and graded. Yes. Wow. I love Spawn. Uh, the first appearance of Black Panther. Oh, that's Fantastic amazing. Four, 52. I have pretty much every, in one box, I have like pretty much every first appearance of major Black characters in comics. Oh. Yeah. Like yeah. Luke Cage and. Like, yeah, like Luke Cage, Black Lightning, Batwing, Storm, Cyborg, John Stewart. Like the black Batman, huh? Even down the black. supporting characters, 
like the Black Batman character. Well, his name's Batman. I have Batwing. Oh, nice. And I have because so, uh, I had to, you know, get the I have the Black Captain Marvel. The original Captain Marvel. Monica Rambo. <laughs> yeah. And I have uh, Black Green Lantern, John Stewart. Uh, yeah. Black okay, uh, Black Lightning, uh, Storm, both Black Panthers, T'Challa and his sister. I have, I have his oh, uh, sister's first appearance as uh, Siri, and then I have her first appearance as Black Panther. That's Dude, amazing. The actual first Black comic yeah, book character yeah. was uh, not Black Panther. It was uh, a character called L- Lobo. He was a Black cowboy. Oh. Yeah. And that came out in... in 1958. Wow. That's the only one I need. Is Lobo his first appearance? Yeah. Not not the DC Lobo, but so yeah. So I'm oh, gonna start selling off my uh start selling off my so collection. You, you sell off your collection, but you're gonna keep the, the, the first appearance black part of it. Is that what it is? Yeah, unless I find somebody else that's interested in that collection because I know because that's the, that's the beauty of today's comic book uh, mm-hmm. collecting is everybody is now everybody's coming out of the closet. Oh fuck! I collect comic books. Because back in the day, you don't you didn't right all because of the movies. Yeah, which is what I've always said. Because if you could get somebody to do those characters right, then everybody's gonna like. Them. But if yeah, you got well, them, they did do them right on paper, but <laughs> no one likes to read like that. No, but yeah, if you can get it, and with the technology they have now, you can make everybody awesome. I'm waiting for them to make the Funko Pop movies, like the Lego movies. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that. That would really be dope. They probably should work on something. That's what I collect. I love collect Funko Pops. Mark my words. (laughs) I got them all over. My words. I guarantee you, it's gonna come out in the next two years. I guarantee. That would be really dope. I would watch it. You're gonna, gonna think, oh, that'd be cool. That's some dumb motherfuckers. Cause that is just some stupid shit. I, I collect pop. I collect pops. So that's why I can say that's some stupid shit. You ain't get well, all I these. Collect them too. I know. I can <laughs> that's why I'm saying that'd be dope. <laughs> <laughs> no, it'd be kind of cool, but it's it'd still be that'd be fucking stupid. That's a stupid fucking movie. Yeah. It all depends on the concept too. Uh, too, like if it's like a Toy Story type thing where the pops come to life. You need to watch live action movies. Pop like, world. Even when I'm watching, but <laughs> I was, like my last person I interviewed, there we were talking about Watermelon Man and Soul Man. I was like, oh, both of those movies are great. They, I love those movies. They're, um, they're amazing. Man. But Soul Man, not so much. Watermelon Man. Yes, I love. I love that movie. Watermelon Man is above Soul Man, but I was like a kid watching Soul Soul Man, and, and yeah, I was just you know, I was and, now in. and now it's banned. Right. You know. You know. I mean, now it's banned. So yeah, it's banned, and they're trying to make Tropic Thunder banned. Too. I'm waiting for white people to say that black people or black comics can't use a white voice anymore. Seriously. Because it's getting to that, it's getting to that point. And it is. They're taking everything and just trying to stop everything. Like people named Karen don't want to claim their name because they say it's hurtful. People named Karen. I know a lot of cool Karens, and they, they're getting fucked with because of that name. But 
But the thing is, Karen is universal. And white people think it's all about them. I was like, anybody could be a Karen. Yeah. <laughs> it's just there's more they, white they got Karen than black. They, they, <laughs> right, they do. <laughs> you call them Keisha. And nigga Karen. <laughs> like Mexican Karens. Her name's Irma. Irma. <laughs> uh, and then the, the, the Chinese Karens named Takai or some shit. There's some sound effect. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, that was racist. Uh, <laughs> what you know, whatever. Uh, it's all shit to giggles, like I said, guys. Like, don't be taking this so literal. Let people know where they can see you, find you socials real quick, and we'll, we'll get out of here. At Bruce Jingles, J I N G L E S. And just uh, Google me, and it'll take you to all my, uh, take you to my uh, website, brucejingles.com. And you can go on Spotify and Pandora and check out my stuff. Check out my podcast, The Bruce Jingles Project, which will be returning in, later in January. I'll be hitting clubs again. So stay tuned. Follow me on social media. Bruce Jingles, B-R-U-C-E-J-I-N-G-L-E-S. Thank you. All right. Thank you. This has been Local Joker Podcast with me, your host, Geraldine Tune. Geraldine. <laughs> <laughs>